Coming up on this Jerusalem Dateline, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu speaks out on Iran's nuclear threat. While fury continues to mount inside Iran over poison attacks aimed at young schoolgirls. Plus, the passing of a beloved Israeli artist, famous for playing Tevye from Fiddler on the Roof. And we'll hear from Natan Sharansky on the special meaning Purim holds for each new generation. All this and more coming up on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Chris Mitchell. In an unprecedented interview with Iran International, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu spoke directly with the Iranian people about the issues facing them and the world today. He addressed, among other things, the nuclear threat coming from Iran and Israel's determination to defend itself. I never lose focus on the danger from the Islamic uh, regime, never, uh, because I know that uh, uh, we'll solve our problems in Israel. We have a way of doing that. But if Iran gets nuclear weapons, this will be a problem that all of us will face, uh, and it will change the world. It would also cause uh, the crisscrossing of the Middle East with nuclear tripwires, as other regimes who understand the danger of a nuclear Iran will rush to arm themselves. Uh, so those who say, oh, well, you know, if we take action against uh, Iran, we will face uh, a war. You'll face a war if you don't. You'll face a war and potentially uh, a horrible nuclear war uh, if you don't. You said this is your quote. Uh, the only thing that can really prevent Islamic Republic from obtaining a nuclear weapon is a credible military plan and action. You said it in a conference a few weeks ago. What does that mean exactly? A clear military plan and action. That's exactly what it means. I don't think it needs elaboration. I think it's self-understood. Iran and Saudi Arabia announced they have agreed to re-establish diplomatic relations and reopen embassies. The agreement, brokered by China, comes after years of tensions, including a 2019 attack on Saudi Arabia oil production, most believe came from Tehran. The deal potentially strikes a blow against Prime Minister Netanyahu's goal of having Saudi Arabia join the Abraham Accords. It's also a major diplomatic victory for the Chinese and one more indication that the influence of the U.S. is waning in the region. It also comes amid speculation about another major political development in the Middle East. The Wall Street Journal reports that the Saudis are asking the U.S. to provide security guarantees and help to develop its civilian nuclear program in exchange for normalizing relations with Israel. Well, anger is growing in Iran following a series of toxic chemical attacks against Iranian schoolgirls across the Islamic Republic. Mysterious gas has poisoned hundreds of students in numerous cities. It appears that schools educating girls are the targets. Take a look. On Tuesday, Iran announced the arrest of several unnamed suspects over the poisonings. Based off intelligence work and research done by the country's intelligence bodies, authorities have identified and arrested some individuals in five provinces and are currently carrying out a full investigation. The news follows reports that those experiencing symptoms have grown dramatically across hundreds of schools throughout Iran. The attacks began in late November in Qom, near the capital, Tehran. While most of the targets are girls' schools, Reuters notes at least one boys' school in western Iran was also hit. Some local media reports students saying they saw strange objects landing in schoolyards, 
Eyewitnesses add loud bangs being heard. For months, school authorities, the health ministry, and other government bodies either denied or downplayed the incidents. In the Supreme Leader's first public statement on the poisonings, Ali Khamenei said the culprits would receive the most severe penalty. Officials must pursue this seriously. It's an important matter. If there's some hands behind this and some persons or groups are involved, this is a big and unforgivable crime. Those opposing the regime call the attacks a revenge tactic against young Iranian women leading the revolutionary movement that erupted across Iran in September. Last year, Khamenei demanded punishment for those involved in the uprising. Farooq Kanani, a civil activist, tells CBN News that could be the motive for these attacks. Punishment for the uh, teenagers would be nice because they get aware of what they are doing. That's probably a so-called fatwa for many Islamistics to follow that. And now it's, as I mentioned, kind of taking a revenge from the teenagers, especially schoolgirls. While several officials have tried to blame foreign enemies for the attacks, families of students gathered in one Tehran school chanting, death to the child-killing regime. Widespread footage from social media shows a concerned mother being brutally attacked by plainclothes forces for demanding answers about her poisoned daughter. Other parents demanded to know why school security cameras were off when the poison gas spread. While the perpetrator's intent remains unclear, many believe it is the payback for the young women fighting against the regime and a deliberate attempt to force their schools to shut down. Well, God bless the courageous parents and young women of Iran. Speaking of courage, let's go back to World War II and the Nazi-occupied Netherlands. That's where the famous Ten Boom family saved hundreds of Jews and resistant workers. Many books have been written about Corrie Ten Boom and her family's courage. The latest book remains true to history while reading like an action thriller. CBN's Jenna Browder brings us that story. During World War II, it's estimated Corrie Ten Boom saved the lives of some 800 Jews and resistance workers, many of them staying with her and her family in their watch shop and home. Their lives were on the line every day, and that's the tension and drama captured on these pages. It's all true, but it's structured exactly like a thriller with cliffhangers, with misdirection, with missing information. The Watchmaker's Daughter by Larry Loftus, a nonfiction thriller that tells the story of Corey, her family, and their remarkable resistance against the Nazis. The Gestapo is after everybody. They're after the Jews, they're after the Dutch divers, they're after the Dutch resistance, all the people that are helping them. They're crashing down doors in the middle of the night. Loftus, who spent days digging through the Ten Boom archives at Wheaton College, includes the story of one particularly tense lunch. Jews and resistance workers all gathered around the table when someone appears at the window. And they're like, what? And, and one of the resistance guys there says, okay, nobody move, but there's a guy peering through the window who's sort of cleaning the window, but he's looking through the curtains. And Betsy, Corey's sister, says, well, I didn't order the windows cleaned. And then someone else says, there's no ledge. There's no ledge on this. How is he looking? There's no ledge. And the, the resistance guy says, he's on a ladder. 
And so everybody's like frozen. And so one of the key people in the store, Yusi, who is a Jew, says, okay, look, everybody just continue on like normal. In a few minutes, we're going to sing happy birthday. Just part of everyday life, although getting caught could be a capital offense, punishable by death. So that kind of drama, that kind of tension is throughout the story. So you're, it could be a, a, a German uh, military truck that parks right in front of their house one night. And they're like, everybody rushes into the hiding place. And so it's just on and on. A young Dutchman named Hans Pulley brought the family into the resistance. He was hiding with the Ten Booms, a so-called Dutch diver. When Corey found out he was part of the resistance, she wanted to help. Let's use the house as the headquarters. So you feel free, tell me what I need to do and we'll use this as our headquarters. So the Ten Booms hired an architect to build a hiding place behind a secret wall. When the Germans would come by to sweep the home and watch shop, that's where the Jews and Dutch divers would hide. Throughout it all, deep Christian faith served as the Ten Booms' motivation, starting with Corey's father. Casper, who was Corey's father, was an absolute spiritual giant. And he was a giant because his father was, Corey's grandfather, and then the great-grandfather. And it was their faith that led them to love the Jewish people. He was really gentle and just loved people, and so... He, he would see the, the, the German police arresting somebody, and Corey's like, all oh, those poor people, and Casper's like, yeah, they touched the apple of God's eye. And she's like, what? He's worried about the Germans, how messed up they are spiritually, that they're spiritually barren. And that's, that's just him. Loftus says Corey's life can be summed up by the Reformation Creed, after darkness, light. She went through absolute darkness, absolute hell, as did Casper, as did uh, Betsy, as did uh, Willem, as did the other people in the story. They're all in concentration camps or prisons. Um, but she always, the whole family, you know, they found light. And without giving too much away, by the end of the war, there was a lot Corey could be angry about. But instead of resentment, she chose grace. And that became another part of her incredible legacy. It's all included in the book. Jenna Browder, CBN News. Up next, a look at how God miraculously brought millions of Jews out of the former Soviet Union. See this modern Exodus story when we come back. Names from the Old Testament are being unearthed all over the city of Jerusalem. This was amazing. Come as close as you can get to personalities that are known from the Bible. Astonishing discoveries made today. A jaw-dropping moment of Bible archaeology. This is much more than a thrill. This is actual history that took place here on the site where we sit right now. Confirm the kings and prophets of the Bible left real evidence of their lives. Right time, the right place, with the right people. And one of the most significant finds in recent history. Exactly as the Bible tells us happened in the days of King Hezekiah. Written in stone, kings and prophets. We have the Bible and we have archaeologists. Here in our story, it's matching. The Old Testament is a reliable history book. Get your copy today for a gift of any dollar amount. Call now or go to cbn.com slash written in stone. Download the CBN News app, 24-7 News, from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts, 
set daily prayer goals, and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to CBNNewsApp.com to get the app today. This Easter, spend time reflecting on Jesus' final week. In CBN's free devotional, The Hope for Redemption, you'll follow his path to Jerusalem, observe his last Passover meal, gain insight to his agony at Gethsemane, witness his crucifixion, and encounter the empty tomb. This Easter, realize afresh that he is risen. Get your free copy today. Call 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash Easter devotion. Palestinians celebrated a terror attack in the heart of Tel Aviv on Thursday evening. A Palestinian terrorist opened fire on Israelis at a cafe, wounding three, including one critically. The terrorist then began running down Dizengulf Street where he was engaged by Israel police forces. The police managed to neutralize this terrorist. The terrorist was pronounced dead on the spot. And because of the professionalism of these police officers, they, mu they managed to thwart a much larger attack from taking place. This week saw the passing of a beloved Israeli performing artist, Haim Topal, known for his portrayal of Tevia the Milkman in the 1971 film Fiddler on the Roof. If I were a rich man, During his successful career, he won two Golden Globe Awards and was nominated for Tony and an Academy Award. In 2015, he won the Israel Prize for lifetime achievement. He died at the age of 87, and may his memory be a blessing. Well, a few years ago, before Passover, CBN News sat down with famous Soviet refusenik Natan Sharansky. He told CBN News about how God miracul miraculously delivered the Jewish people and from the former Soviet Union, just like on Purim and Passover. Natan Sharansky, welcome to Jerusalem Dayline. We're now between two important Jewish holidays when the Jewish people were saved, Purim and Passover. What's the significance of that in this uh, Well, you? you know, in Agadah, it is said that in every generation, uh, there are people who raise against us. Or the idea of Seder Pesach or celebration is to remind that the challenges are the same and to remind ourselves about the power of people when we are guided by God. So I think we are lucky to be in the generation which went through the miracle of Purim and through powerful uh, liberation of uh, Exodus from Egypt. I was five years old when Stalin died. And my father explained to me that it's a great day for us, for Jews. I should remember all my life that miracle happened, we are saved. He didn't tell me that that is the day of Purim. Even if he told me I was absolutely assimilated, we grew disconnected from anything Jewish. But that was the day of Purim, and Stalin died while planning the biggest massacre of Jewish people after Holocaust. The leading Jewish Soviet doctors were already arrested. They were tortured. They were accused in poisoning the leaders of the Soviet Union. Their trial and public execution was planned on Pesach, what means months after Purim. It had to bring to the lot of anger and pogroms. There was already prepared the letter of Russian Jewish leaders 
to Stalin, asking him to save Jewish people from the justified anger of Russian people. And then hundreds of thousands of Jews had to be taken from Moscow, Leningrad, Kiev, and other places and sent to Siberia. And it was planned that at least one third of them will die already on their way there. And then Purim came and Stalin died. So everybody who knows the story of Purim can understand the power of this comparison. And I go to kindergarten and I do what father told me, what everybody does. Everybody is crying about Stalin and I'm crying. We are singing songs about the son of all the people, Stalin, and I'm also singing. And I have no idea how many children are really crying or how many of them are crying exactly as I, because we know that it's very good that Stalin died. So that was the beginning of my life of loyal Soviet citizen, of double think. When you uh, know that all the life around you, it's all lies. But the truth can be only kept for your family, for your people. And you're not fighting for anything because you, there are no values except of value of survival. That wasn't the end of the story for Sharansky, Soviet Jewry, or Jews around the world. There were other miracles in the works. And then later, after 1967, when Israel entered our lives, and you understand that all the world looks on you and says, how you guys did it? The world connects me to Israel. You don't understand this connection. And in the underground, we start reading the books which are brought by Jewish tourists from abroad, about exodus from Egypt. And suddenly you realize that your history doesn't begin from Bolshevik Revolution, from 1917. But your history, if you decide that that is your history, starts from Exodus from Egypt. And it continues through thousands of years. And there are people who say we are family, Jews all over the world. And there is a state of Israel which is ready to send airplanes to the end of the world to bring in freedom. That's when you find strength to start fighting for your rights, for rights of other Jews, and for the freedom. And that's how he became activist of Zionist movement and the human rights movement in the Soviet Union. Sharansky became known as a refusenik, a Jew who was refused permission to leave the Soviet Union and immigrate to Israel. Sentenced to 14 years, he served nine, largely for spreading truth about human rights abuses in the Soviet Union. I came 10 years after I was released from prison to the Soviet Union as a minister of Israel. And they insisted that I will visit not only official meetings of the ministers, but also KGB prison where I spent a year and a half of interrogation. And they took my wife there. And when asked by the journalists, why are you doing it? Isn't it painful? I said, to the contrary, only think. That was the most powerful empire of our times. It controlled one third of the world. KGB was the most sinister, most dangerous secret police in the world. And the leaders of KGB are explaining me that everything is finished. All the Jewish activists are arrested. The world is afraid to mention our names. I knew that it's a lie, but I was absolutely isolated. Now, Soviet Union doesn't exist. KGB doesn't exist. Two million Jews left Soviet Union. More than one million lives in Israel. And all the world is a different place. And that all comes when we go back to our identity, to our values, when we hear the voice of God, and when we, we are united in this struggle. So miracles of Purim and definitely miracles of Exodus from Egypt uh, happened in our generation. Still ahead, Ukrainian refugees celebrate a special Purim holiday in the land of Israel. 
Now, for a limited time, you can get five of CBN's critically acclaimed documentaries. Experience the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. The historic bonds between the Jewish people and the land of Israel cannot be broken. Relive the battle for Jerusalem in the Six-Day War. Jerusalem is yours forever. Discover how Israeli volunteers are changing the world. When people need us, we volunteer and we come and help. Explore the world of Israeli technological innovation. We're people of dreams. God gives us dreams. And that's really the roots, I think, of, of much of our innovation. And understand the biggest land dispute in history. Many Palestinian Arabs claim that the Jews stole Arab land. But is that the real story? This exclusive Israel DVD collection can be yours for a gift of $29.99 or more. Call now or go online to get your Israel DVD bundle, which includes streaming access. Come home to the sounds of Southern Gospel from CBN Radio. You'll enjoy a rich Southern blend of bluegrass, classic gospel, and Southern gospel favorites like the Gaithers, the Crab Family, and bluegrass sounds like Mountain Faith. So make yourself at home with the all-new CBN Southern Gospel, now available at CBNRadio.com. Introducing a brand new way to start your morning, the CBN News Quick Start Podcast. Each weekday morning at 7 a.m., get quick highlights of the day's important news, then an in-depth analysis that goes beyond the headlines, insights that matter to people of faith. Discover how God is moving around the world and here at home. Find the CBN News Quick Start Podcast on iTunes or wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts, because truth matters. When war erupted in Ukraine, a rabbi took quick action to evacuate 150 orphans, staff, and others to Israel. CBN Middle East correspondent Julie Stahl welcomed them then and returned for a celebration this week. These Ukrainian and Israeli children are celebrating Purim together at the Nesharim Field School outside Jerusalem. The holiday marks the Jews' deliverance from an evil plot to destroy them as told in the Book of Esther. A year ago, Nesharim became the first home for 150 Jewish orphans and others fleeing the war in Ukraine. They're back here now from elsewhere in Israel for a visit and to celebrate Purim here once again. The truth is, it's very fun to see them. It's very exciting. They all grew and matured and speak Hebrew much better. As manager of the field school, Gilly Maimon became hero and friend to the children. They are very excited to be here today. This was their first home after they came from Ukraine, and to return here after such a long time is exciting. Back in Ukraine, Rabbi Shlomo Wilhelm and his wife Esther have led the Jewish community of Zhitomer for the last 28 years. It's like coming full circle because we lived in this place for half a year. Now we've Come back for the Perm Fear. It's an interesting experience with a lot of feeling. CBN News first met this group shortly after their arrival in Israel. We've kept up with them, such as the time their teacher from Ukraine made a surprise visit, and six months ago, as they said goodbye to Nes Harim and moved to Ashkelon. We're happy that we're settled now, more or less, in Ashkelon, so the kids are settled, they're in school. It's more of a normal life than what we had here. While they try to keep a positive attitude, 
The last year has been difficult. Leaving their homes, leaving their families, leaving everything that was familiar and coming to a new place. After a year, many of the children are still learning the language and adjusting to Israeli culture. So that takes a toll in many ways, educationally, scholastically, psychologically, and in many ways there are many things that still need to be worked through. Esther says this last year has taught them about both the unpredictability of life and the importance of faith. First of all, we're not in charge. There is a God who is in charge. We can predict the future. Our job as human beings living in this world, and especially as Jews, is for us to make the best decisions that we can make in the situation in which we find ourselves. Julie Stahl, CBN News, Nesharim, Israel. Coming up, a look at how Jerusalemites get dressed up in all kinds of ways for Purim. Oh, hello. Today we're helping Professor Fern pick vegetables. What is this? That is a gold nugget. <gasps> a a gold, gold nugget? nugget? Oh, no. What? They're sure to be a gold rush. Being generous often requires giving up things. So what else are you going to spend it on, Rig? I've always wanted a horsey. <laughs> what a day this has been. And to think, it all started by helping Professor Fern with food for the orphanage. I forgot about the orphanage. Join the CBN Animation Club and get Gizmo Go, Rig of the West, plus two copies to share with others, all for your gift of only $25. And as a bonus, receive the Superbook Easter double feature, which includes The Last Supper, and He is Risen. Join Gizmo, Tina, and their robot friends at Quantum Labs for an all-new adventure, Rig of the West. Yours when you join the CBN Animation Club. Act soon and receive a copy of the Superbook Easter Double Feature as our way of saying thanks. Here, we're committed to a heritage of rigorous scholarship dating back over a thousand years. And to a faith tradition dating back a thousand more. This is how we create a culture of inquiry where no topic is off limits. And a culture of hope. It's Christian leadership. And it's changing the world for the better. It's higher learning. It's greater knowing. It's what makes us whole. It's what makes us Regent. Orphan's Promise is committed to loving and serving at-risk children, to helping keep families together, and to creating opportunities for strong and sustainable communities around the world. We're working in over 60 countries, and with your help, we can do even more. We are out to change the world, one child, one family, one community at a time. Will you join us? Israel celebrated Purim this week. It's a joyous holiday where people dress up in costumes to hide their identity, reflecting how God his, hid his identity in the book of Esther. You never see his name in the book, but he's all over the story. Take a look at some of these very creative costumes from the streets of Jerusalem.
Well, that's all for this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can also access CBN content through our CBN News and other CBN apps. I'm Chris Mitchell. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.